Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, sis. How are you doing? I hope that you're having a wonderful week. Thank you for um, listening to another episode of the podcast. Um, it has been a couple of weeks probably when you're hearing this um, because a couple of my episodes were pre-recorded that y'all um, are probably heard in the last couple of weeks. But more recently, um, I have had the amazing opportunity to add ads to my podcast. So before you probably turn on the podcast you'll hear like maybe a random ad in the podcast and um, I've been doing this podcast for four years and it has definitely been something that I have thoroughly enjoyed and I just had the amazing opportunity to um, be given the opportunity to add ads to the podcast so you may hear ads if they are helpful to you definitely take part in these companies um, I try to add ads that are going to be helpful to you um, for different reasons. So if you enjoy the ad, definitely um, take part in it, look it up. Uh, but I just wanted to let you all know that there will be some ads in the podcast um, so that we can pay some bills, sis. OK, so if you love that, um, definitely be on the lookout for that continuously in the podcast. Um, moving forward and I just wanted to kind of give y'all that because I know ads can be kind of um, a sensitive topic for people but I wanted to at least give that to y'all so that you know we paying some bills over here okay so let's talk this week this um, podcast is going to be more of a faith-based podcast um, as far as the discussion we're going to talk about so I'm going to be talking a lot spiritually and practically around I know y'all have been hearing me talk about seasons of suffering and or seasons that are trials or you may be going through trials um where you may be feeling overwhelmed a lot um and more recently I realized and I shared this on Instagram I had kind of been telling y'all that I've been getting back more consistent in my time with God and I want to say it was two days ago which was a Monday because it's Wednesday now, maybe not Wednesday when y'all are listening to this, but I counted and me and my friend who we've been kind of holding each other accountable with this 41 days total since we started making consistent time with God. Um, and y'all know I've talked about this before in my fights. If you're a long time listener, I'm always talking about time with God, time with God, time with God. I've even thought about before the end of the year doing another time with God challenge. Um, so that might be in the works maybe sometime in October, 
maybe early November. I'm thinking about it before the holidays because I have something I'm working on really special for you all. So if you possibly join maybe the Time of God Challenge that I'm going to do, you'll get that. So I wanted to just kind of express that because through me doing this consistent time with God, I've noticed a lot of shifts for me personally. And also God has kind of really revealed what seasons of suffering look like, because I think when you're kind of going through it, you don't understand. And so I have some anchor scriptures and I'm going to give it from my perspective, but I definitely wanted to kind of basically talk about what seasons of suffering are, what they look like, what they mean spiritually, and kind of essentially what you need in those seasons. So if you're finding that you're having a really tough time, I want to kind of share this podcast as a means of giving you some encouragement. That's why I say it's going to be more faith focused versus kind of mental health focused. And I also want to give you some practical steps that are going to be helpful for you being proactive because when you're smack dab in the middle of the wilderness you feel like you're flailing and you don't really have the tools to focus um you probably feel like all the things that used to work don't work you may be grieving you may be experiencing just tons of tons of pressure and so it can be very easy to feel abandoned by god it can be very easy to feel like he's not there And one of the things I've learned is that even if I'm in a season of suffering and I'm actively seeking God, because sometimes when you are in those tough seasons, your time with God or the way you spend time with God may not happen out of life be life in and you're really busy or just like the act of actually spending time with God feels overwhelming or, um, For me, it was just, I really didn't want to face what God was trying to show me because it just was really actually very humbling. And I just wasn't at a place where I felt like I wanted to be humbled um, until it was just like a point of no return. And I had to surrender. Um, And I'll talk about that more in the podcast. But I wanted to go deep into what these things actually look like, what you need during those seasons and also being proactive and practical so that you can kind of move forward. So I do have a couple of anchored scriptures and I'm going to read off. The first one is James 1, 2, and 3. This is the scripture that says, count it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And I don't think in the interim of what you're going through, it feels like joy. It feels very overwhelming um, and it doesn't feel joyous at all. But the other side of a season can feel very, very good because you can kind of see the remnants and the fruit that comes from that season. And one of the things I had a friend tell me once that I thought was so good was that She has learned to focus on her life in seasons because I think we focus so much on life in like the year or what's going on that month. And knowing that seasons happen, it's important that we focus on what is God trying to show me in this season? Because sometimes certain seasons can be contingent on the next one or us moving out of a season can be contingent on what's happening in the current one. So I just wanted to share that. Second scripture is first Peter five and seven, which says, cast all your anxiety onto God 
because he cares for you. Another version of this is cast all your care onto God because he cares for you. Um, and I think this is really important when I get to the authentic vulnerability part. Um, Romans 10 and 11, which says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. I added this in here because I think a lot of times we feel very shameful when we're going through things. We can find it very challenging to feel like we can open up to people, share. We feel very embarrassed and judged. But the Bible says that anyone who believes in God will never be put to shame. And so I think that this is very important for us to really know and know that this is in the word. And then lastly, Romans 8 31 through 39 says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears today, fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. And I want to pull that in a second. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I have been holding on to this scripture for the past probably two weeks for this specific part. And this is the New Living Translation version of that scripture. But it says, neither our fears today, fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. And I think that's important to me because I think when I feel like I'm overwhelmed or I'm fearful or I'm worried about something, it can easily be tricked that God is shunning me or or um, making me feel bad for not having faith in this area but that doesn't separate me from him and that's what the scripture is describing nothing can separate not even what I may be feeling in the moment can separate me from God's love which is very 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 anchoring so what do seasons of suffering and trial look like so seasons essentially what I like to look at it as is like these periods of time that can be very short they can be long they can sometimes be a year um, depending upon what may be happening. And so what they kind of practically look like, quote unquote, is seasons where things might be happening back to back, where you might be getting hit constantly over and over and over and over and over. And that goes back to that scripture about when I was talking about in James, where it says, you know, you'll encounter trials of many kind. Like we are promised to experience trial. And I think there can sometimes be this a negative association that we're doing something wrong when we experience trial or like hardship because we look at it as, okay, if God is so good, why am I experiencing bad things? But we're, that is a promised thing. Like you're going to encounter trial. But most of the time, these things are used to test our faith. Now, it's not pretty, and it also can feel very like, why would God use these things to build me up? Because it's so hurtful. But I think one of the things that I have have really come to terms with is that God is always trying to grow me and build me back to a place of um, sanctification that I can get saved, but his whole point is to always sanctify me which basically helps me get to a place where I can really walk in righteousness because ultimately I have a sinful nature and so to walk in righteousness is very hard and it goes against my flesh and my flesh is required to die and most of the time in order for that to happen there has to be some form of a refinement and I really have stopped singing that girl that song that says refine me by fire by maverick city because i'm like girl i don't i'm not trying to be refined okay i don't want to be refined but <laughs> it is a tool often used by god to build your faith 
and also really push us to him. And I think our deep desire is to be close to God. Our deep desire is to be near him. But it can oftentimes feel very overwhelming when we are feeling that because it requires some level of hardship. And so these are seasons where things might be happening back to back for you. It may be also a thing where God might be pushing you spiritually. So sometimes trial seasons are something where God has told you something spiritually. Maybe you need to give up or he's pruning you in an area or helping you heal through something. And it's really pushing you spiritually to have faith or trust him. And it's very hard at times. So for me, my last season was really built upon as being an entrepreneur, trusting God with provision because my business shifted and changed so much that financially it changed. And whereas I'm so used to going into survival mode and being like, I can fix it. God, I don't need you. He really was helping me to understand, like, I am always your provision. And if you're called, you know, to work a job or if you're called in a season to have a side business or have, or be an entrepreneur, because I do believe that it is something that is I don't want to say not for everybody, but even for me, there have been times where I've wanted to give up on this process because it's like, it's easier for me to just go find a job and work a job and be, you know, good, but to totally depend on God fully. I believe that now it's more about if you focus so much on this, Rosalind, if you focus so much on trying to get your way out of something, you never then trust me enough to handle things that if you just took half that time you're worrying and focusing on something else, you would see progress. And so for me, it was a push spiritually to trust God in areas that I never trusted him in, to be quite honest. I trust him to make a way, but be, but make a way with me having my hands on it. And so it was very, very hard to be pushed spiritually because it also reinforces you to really also believe in yourself. And I think a lot of times we aren't aware spiritually of who we're called to be. And most times God is also trying to help us mindset wise, see who we are and see, help us to see ourselves the way he sees us. And so that's a very overwhelming piece because it does require a lot of humility and it requires you being in front of the father. And so sometimes seasons of suffering are where God might be pushing you spiritually or he's called you to something and you're having a lot of resistance with it. And so sometimes he will require or or have trials occur in order to make you better. Um, next thing or what season suffering look like is it might be a season where you're heavy in decision making and it's forcing you to move in faith. So you might be having to make really hard decisions and there's really no certainty with the decision whether that's a relationship a job a situation with your kid whatever that may be it may be hard and that can be a trial because it requires you to step into an unknown place the other thing may be wrestling with god about your sin known and unknown so when i talk about wrestling quote unquote with god i'm basically saying you constantly bringing your sin to god and what this can look like and for me I'll be transparent and say what this has looks like for me is bringing to God when I am feeling envious of other people or I'm finding myself comparing myself to other people because the, the easy thing with envy is that you don't feel secure in what you have. So you feel like I want what this person has because it feels like they're at a better place and I'm not. And so I've had to 
bring him people who I may be close to or I may just randomly see. And I'm like, man, I want that guy, but you really have to help my heart. I don't want to be envious. And so there's this wrestling because what happens is, is then he checks me on what is it about this person that you want or what is it about the things that they have that you want? And it's a checking because it's making me realize that those things, I'm only seeing a picture or of what they may have. I'm not seeing the struggle they've had to go through to get that or the years of time they've had to deal with getting that. And so there can be a lot of envy. And I say jealousy because jealousy and envy are different, but envious and also coveting, wanting to have something somebody else has when you don't know the oil that they've had to had pressure on to take on those things we see the glory of something but we also don't really know what those person what that person was wrestling with in order to get to that point but also wrestling with god could be wrestling with him about sexual sin it could be wrestling with him about trying to give up alcohol it could be wrestling with him about your weight loss journey it could be wrestling with him about communication with your spouse because you find that you react and we kind of don't think about giving these things to God, but God cares about every small detail. And so wrestling with him reinforces your flesh to have to, because our flesh does not, does not want to do anything righteous. It, it genuinely doesn't. Oftentimes you can even be so mad at yourself that you feel this way. But in Romans, Paul talks about like what I want to do, I don't do because of my sinful nature. And I don't know the scripture off top, but Google it. And he talks about like the struggle with feeling like you want to do right, but you have a, a problem with doing right because of our sinful nature. And so I think when you wrestle with God, you are getting from him the fighting of your sin to give to him. And it's kind of overwhelming. I'm getting emotional thinking about it because it's very time consuming in the sense of just you're constantly bringing it to him. And it's like, I just want to be past this. But I think we have to get to a point of being comfortable with struggling with God instead of struggling without him. And especially if I'm going to tag on mental health, and I'll go that goes into my next point. When it comes to trauma, a lot of these things y'all are unlearning. And so unlearning is a process. We cannot microwave this process of unlearning because it do, it it requires years of unboxing. So I I still I tell my personal clients who um, I do therapy with in private practice that you are coming to me as a 20, 30 year old. You have spent 20 something years with this fixed mindset that we now have to unravel. And as overwhelming as it is, you may not see that the things you experienced were extremely unhealthy. And because it was so unhealthy, it's very hard for your mind to rationalize that something other than this may be healthier because automatically may be defensive or we might be struggling. And so no more personally, that is something you have to do in counseling to kind of start to unravel. But more spiritually, a lot of times we have also been given, especially the millennial generation protocol like I read that in my devotion this morning about like we've been taught protocol what's the right or wrong thing to do we haven't been open to the trueness of that God is not a God of sometimes protocol he does things so out of the norm that it doesn't make sense like Jesus talked to women and honored them at a time where women weren't valued when he was here that is so against protocol 
And so to be a high priest, quote unquote, like he was, it, it, it just really didn't make sense to interact with women in the way he did. They walked with him. He was close to them. He had relationship with them. And that was so uncommon. And so we have to also know that wrestling with God, we are wrestling with a God of the uncommon. And it's not common for you to share your sin with God or say, God, I really want to masturbate. Or, and I, and I really don't want to just focus on sexual sin because there's so many other sins that are just, you know, equally as bad like going off on somebody or cussing them out or like, you know, yelling um, and degrading your kids or, you know, really being jealous of somebody, gossiping, like telling God, like, I struggle with gossip. I talk about people. Help me. Okay. And so I think there becomes a thing where we have to also recognize that wrestling with God in this way only brings another level of vulnerability in your relationship with him. Okay. I'm gonna move on, girl. Another another thing that seasons of suffering can look like is trauma or dealing with unexpected circumstances. So this could be a random thing that was traumatic, like a car accident or randomly being diagnosed with something that was very overwhelming. Um, these are unexpected circumstances and they can be seasons of trial and they require another level of faith, even if they're chronic things. And so I think it's really important for us to know that, you know, trauma is real and it is very de- it is very detrimental at times to us emotionally and we have to know that that can be even a season of trial but there is still hope and you know um god wanting to be the provider in your shelter even through that and then lastly could be and again this is not an exhaustive list so there's probably more to this than i'm probably not naming but losses or shifts for betterment so when we lose somebody whether it is in some way shape or form grief like somebody dying but also losing people quote unquote to move on for your betterment so somebody is not healthy for you but you're moving on for your betterment is really what sometimes those seasons can look like so kind of what do you need in these what we call trial seasons so you need self-awareness um and self-awareness in itself defined is the conscious knowledge of one's own character feelings, motives, and desires. So self-awareness essentially is your awareness of yourself. How are you reacting? One of the things I remember I was talking to a client about was, um, she was kind of telling me some stuff and I'm, I'm not going to disclose, but basically what we talked about was, you know, it's important for you to know how you feel because in order to know how you feel can help you know how to react. So when you're experiencing these seasons, what comes up, what triggers come up for you? How are you reflecting or evaluating what your heart is doing? Because your heart and your sinful nature is deceitful. So are you evaluating? Are you asking the Holy Spirit what your heart is exemplifying? If you're constantly exemplifying anger, what is the root of that anger? Is it being disappointed? Is it not feeling safe? Is it not feeling as though you are being validated or acknowledged? There's a root to that. Uh, root of anger and or in order to really be aware of that sometimes you have to evaluate and ask God to help you but sometimes too you may need to process that in counseling to really get to the root of the feeling most of us have not been taught feelings identification it's not a term that's thrown around often because growing up it was you do as I say not as I you know you do whatever I say your feelings didn't necessarily matter but as a human being, feelings are a natural part of who we are. 
And then really also with self-awareness more spiritually, what are the things that are happening around you or in your past that impact your trust with God or even your perspective of him? Because if you've been taught God is this amazing God, then your perspective of him may be very natural to go to him because he is loving. But if you look at God as a dictator or a punisher, your natural reaction is to not go to him. You may look at him as not a safe person to go to. You may not look at God and see his character as loving because everything is bad. And so this impact, I think we have to also know that seasons of trial not only impact us personally, but they impact us spiritually. And really being able to to evaluate and be self-aware around that is very important. The second thing you need is authentic vulnerability. So this goes more into detail of your ability to be vulnerable with the Lord. Y'all know I talk about this all the time, but discuss discuss with God your viewpoint of him. Be authentic. One of the things I realized more recently is that I'm authentic with God to a degree, and I'm very open with God, very, very open. But even to the smallest detail, I felt like, I could handle in, in a sense, but like even my viewpoint of him was like, I feel abandoned by you. And and I say that to say, we can feel like at times we are not that open with the Lord, but God can handle that because I think he understands that we are very much so human and not, and not like him. That the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. So because he's so big and so, completely opposite of who we are as humans he understands that our viewpoint of him can be very janky essentially and so especially when you're going through stuff your viewpoint of God may shift you may not see him as good you may see him as bad and so I say that authentically because these are real things and I think we cannot get fixed on feeling as though it's a bad thing to feel this but I think the thing is you have to bring that to him and tell him that The other thing about authentic vulnerability is sometimes stalling because you have a deep belief or frame of reference of trauma that you need to process through. So so when I say stalling, I'm mostly saying like you don't open up because there is a frame of reference or you feel like you can't move on because you feel fearful about something. And sometimes this is a deep belief or a limiting belief, quote unquote, um, or a frame of reference of trauma. Like you're struggling to relinquish control because you have so much trauma that you're trying to process through. So for me, for example, I know I was feeling this more recently when I was talking about my business um, because I have only seen trauma with business growing up. I've talked about this before. And so to shift out of that mindset, what God was showing me is like, you are not what your parents did. You are not what they experienced, but it's so hard when you've only experienced or seen these levels of trauma in some way, shape or form. And so sometimes there can be a stalling, but because of these deep beliefs, and that's why you have to bring them to the father. And sometimes that goes back to having that self-awareness. And then there can be other factors that you need to be authentically vulnerable to God about. And that goes with family, children, your marriage, maybe a resource stressful situation, being authentic with him about how you feel about it. I recently had something go on with my son, which I'll share another day, but I didn't realize how much it was, it was bothering me. And I remember more recently just having a really deep scream cry 
with God and it felt like a weight lift. And I think over a course of three days, I was just crying, just crying about it over and over. And then probably that following week, God answered my prayer. And I remember coming out of that situation where he answered the prayer just with so much gratitude because I was like, you heard me. I felt validated. And this goes back to the scripture in First Peter 5 and 7 that says, cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. This casting of this care, authentic vulnerability, allows you to then let God be God in the situation. Okay. So I want to go into now a little bit more of what you need. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And in this part, we're going to talk a little bit more deeper into community versus isolation. And the reason I bring this up, because y'all hear me talk all the time, whether I'm talking about this on Instagram or on my podcast around accountability and community. And so the way I like to describe community versus isolation is in two parts. And that is to explain how isolation can be tools that the enemy uses and also tools that God uses. So in general, I want to talk about the area of relationship. Because I think at times we can look very much so into relationship being too much and being a little overwhelming because when we're struggling in certain seasons, it's very hard for you to be vulnerable because you're already very vulnerable. You can feel very fragile. It can be very challenging to open up to people because you feel already so vulnerable. And so in this instance, we have to remember a couple of things that God is a very relational God and that relationship was designed for multiple reasons. But if I'm going to just name one, it was designed to sharpen us. It was designed for us to have support. It was also designed for us to be used as a tool of sanctification. And what I mean by that is oftentimes relationship is built on the ability to support each other. Now, I do recognize and am very aware and not naive to the fact that everybody does not have supportive relationships in their lives. And I do understand that there are times when you don't feel like you have anyone you can talk to. I really want you to look at the people in your life and literally look at their value to you. If they are valuable people or if they are people that are equipped in some way, shape or form to just be present with you to utilize those people when you're going through seasons of suffering. But I want you to recognize it in two parts because 
We can also look at community in a way that can be very volatile if it's not used in a way that's purposeful. So what I mean by that is we can sometimes overuse our community to a point to where we almost expect people to fix it. And when they don't fix it, we blame them. And I really want to pull back to the self-awareness piece that some of these things can be things that God may be trying to show us and also things that we ourselves may have to work on as we may be in relationship. Because again, relationships sometimes often can really pull a lot of stuff out of us. I'll give an example for marriage. Specifically, romantic relationships really show you a lot about yourself. And I'll say for me in my marriage, my marriage has revealed a lot of holes that I thought were me trying to be, I don't know how to describe it. Just like always wanting to be in control and really trying to control a person and knowing I can't control my husband. And so we've had to work through a lot of different things of me really kind of letting my pride and putting my pride aside and also learning how to communicate. And so people that are in your life to support you, use those people, like really rely on them. If you don't have people that you can support, I definitely, you know, always recommend therapy because I'll tell my clients in a minute, if this is your only safe space, then you have to know that this is your only safe space. Now, for my people who are the strong friend, if this is a persona that you have created based on just being there for everybody, but nobody's there for you, there has to be one person that you can kind of even see as safe to go to to share. And when you feel that you, you know, can feel safe enough to share, you know, share a little bit. I think it's important to know. So I'm going to give isolation described in two areas so isolation within itself can be a tool um, used by the enemy often um, to drive us to being alone and this is where we can feel like we are a burden to other people we are too much for other people or we're bothering them that we're not fully comfortable with sharing or opening up or that we may be going through relationship changes. So this can be a thing that's used by the enemy often to make us feel as though we're, we're a burden or that we may not know what to ask people and often can feel very comfortable not sharing, opening up. And so the enemy can use that to isolate us or put us in a place of loneliness and we can stay there. And, you know, long times of loneliness can be very overwhelming for someone who might be struggling because it drives you to a place where you may feel like nobody's there for you. On the flip side, isolation can also be used by the Holy Spirit for God to deal with us about something no one can fix or he's trying to work out of us. So two examples of this. One, I'm going to talk about the scripture in you know, I'm going to find it for y'all and put it in the show notes. But when Jesus was in the garden of the Gethsemane, he had taken three disciples with him. And this is when the disciples had fallen asleep and Jesus was praying to God and he walked to them and said, you can't just stay awake. And he was praying to the Lord. And he said, can I please basically like not take this cup? And the cup, quote unquote, was knowing he was about to be crucified. And so Jesus's agony about knowing he was about to be crucified was a personal isolation moment between him and God. Even though he had people around him, the people around him could not fix what was going on. So although he had support and people that were near him and definitely community, 
the isolation of having to be the one to carry this weight or this spiritual battle was between him and the Lord. The other part is when we think about the scripture, when Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, that was the Holy Spirit leading Jesus to something that was isolating for him and God. That doesn't mean you can't rely on support. It doesn't mean you can't talk to people about it. What I mean by this specific type of isolation is there are certain things that only God can change in your heart. The people can't change. You can talk to them about it. You can talk to them about the struggle, but truly the comfort and awareness piece comes from God. And so it's important to understand that because I think we need to know that it's valuable to understand that isolation is not always a bad thing when you're dealing with it with the Lord, but it can be a tool used by the enemy if you feel like you are a burden or you're too much for people at the time. So in saying all that, sometimes community can be there for support versus impact. So what I mean by that is sometimes community is just there for your support. Sometimes they are there just to support you. They may not be the person to fully impact the situation, but they can be there for support. And there are sometimes you may need to process pain with only a limited amount of people because somebody may or may not understand and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being able to process that with certain people. So let's get practical. So now in understanding when you're going through seasons of suffering, what it looks like and kind of some things that you need. Here are some more practical things that you can do on a daily basis to really start to begin to work through this season or, you know, start to just in general, try to, you know, find yourself your way through it. So the first thing is identify what worked in the past. So what were some of your non-negotiables is what I like to call it that worked for you. So for example, mine's are time with my family for sure. Time alone with my husband is very important to me also time alone with God like this has become more of a daily thing for me more recently and y'all are going to hear me talk about this pretty much through the month of September because I'm going to probably do another time with God challenge um, in October or November but in that challenge I'm going to be probably doing it a different way of the real the real essence of what it means to spend time with God and really what this looks like and how it's hard for us to get to that place because it is such a spiritual warfare for us to be able to have this thing be a non-negotiable. Our flesh does not want it, to be honest. And so what do you do when things when um, things have worked in the past? What worked and what do you do? So go back to those things, identify them, try to start very, very small. So that's the next thing. Start very small. Only commit to one thing for a period of time. So when I started my time with God, I really only did maybe about 30 minutes and then it, you know, eased into an hour. But my point was to try to do it at least every day. Even if it was a struggle for me to do so, I I made sure I was like, this is the only commitment I have on a daily basis. So for you, if your small thing is communicating with your spouse, if your small thing is communicating with a friend, if your small thing is to go walking on a prayer walk one day, if your small thing is to journal on a daily basis for five days, if your small thing is to get yourself in therapy, whatever it is to pick yourself up for that moment, start very small. The second thing is to have accountability or maybe sharing it with a friend. So how you can have accountability um, for yourself, like for the month of September, two of my friends 
we are doing like a goals challenge. And basically it was identify five goals you want to complete and three to five affirmations and write them down daily, take a picture and send them to each other. And I just started. So it's, you know, still really new. But I say that to say just doing that is helping me have some accountability in the area of my goals and doing that can be very helpful. The fourth thing is do what you can manage. So a lot of times we can shame ourselves and we feel like we're not on top of things or like handling things well. But most of the time when you're struggling with trying to just get something off the ground and be very practical, you can only do what you manage. And also your capacity, a lot of times when you're in struggle seasons is very low. So you may not have a capacity to handle maybe what you could have handled in other seasons and you can't covet or Um, desire those old seasons where you were on it because you're not in the same place anymore you're not even probably having the same priorities and so do what you can manage because that can often be a shame trigger where you said I should be on this I should be handling this I should be be able to do x y and z but the 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 ground has shifted the things things have shifted and so look at this with a new set of eyes to understand like maybe I can only manage this right now in this season maybe I can't manage being there for everybody and their mama and auntie and grandma and cousin like I was in another season so only do what you manage only do what you can manage and then fifth sometimes just getting through the day is enough like truly there were many days I woke up sis like how am I about to just get through this day and so I want you in that moment where you're just trying to get through the day identify maybe one or two things you're proud of is it I took a shower today or I actually made breakfast for myself versus going to get food or I, you know, just something you can identify that you're proud of that can help you kind of be able to know um, that you're getting through the day. And then lastly, as you become more consistent, you'll find momentum and moments of goodness. So you'll find that there are actually real moments of goodness in this season, even if it's very hard. And you'll also find that maybe as you may get more consistent in some of your non-negotiable areas that the season may not shift, but your reaction to the season may shift. And so, you know, it takes time. I, I think, sis, I can look back on many, many years of things that were just very tough. And even times now, I'm like, God, I'm still coming back to the same thing with you over and over. Um having a tough time communicating, having a tough time expressing my feelings, having a tough time being myself, having a tough time with comparison or envy or whatever that may look like. But it's necessary for you to know, like, it's okay that you may still struggle. God has not left you or is judging you because of you having to kind of still learn something. So I think the quicker we can kind of understand that and that season tools seasonal seasons of suffering aren't tools to hurt us they're only meant to help us and in the moment it doesn't feel like help but eventually long term it is helpful okay so that's all I wanted to share with y'all this week um I know that I've been talking um and if you found this episode helpful please send it to a friend or Do me a quick favor if you are on Apple iTunes, scroll down on your phone on the podcast app and just leave a review. I love to hear from you um, and it makes me so happy to read y'all's reviews. If you are interested in um, starting therapy and you have no idea where to start, I created a help me find a therapist guide that's completely free to you. 
in there you will be able to find websites that you can be able to find a therapist maybe find a therapist that is christian um and i basically show you how to search for one additionally in there i also give you some consultation questions so your first time meeting your therapist or maybe hopping on a call with them some questions you can ask them to kind of get a feel of if you see them to be a person that's there for you or would be there for you or not so that's completely free click that link in the show notes if you're interested i will also put the scripture references and you can follow me on instagram i'm always shooting the breeze on instagram i'm also going to be oh girl vlogging bi-weekly that's one of my goals this month bi-weekly on youtube so i'm gonna vlog like every day and then put a combination of my life into a video bi-weekly if i have too much going on girl it's gonna be two videos but here we are and so definitely subscribe to my youtube channel i love y'all be on the lookout for all the amazing things i have coming for you and if you have any questions definitely 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 shoot me a dm or send me an email and i love you sis and i'll talk to you soon bye everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.